Hello and welcome to Music Makers San Diego, where we shine the light on San Diego area songwriters and their music. I'm your host, Gary Lee. My guest today is Lady July. Welcome. Thank you so much. Tell us about the name, Lady July. What is the significance to the name and when did you start using it? Yeah, well, I've been playing music just myself for a handful of years now, but I always um, struggled to promote myself and like me and my name and all that. And so I think it was maybe a year now, maybe like eight months, I just decided I wanted to go kind of buy a moniker to kind of help the promotion so I could kind of separate it from, you know, who I am in my day-to-day life and who mm-hmm. I am when I get on stage. And um, I was just kind of going back and forth with what I wanted to be called and what made sense. Um, and then like, you know, what's connected to me. And so I was, I'm born in July. I've always loved the month of July. I feel like I'm a very July person if <laughs> it could have any like characteristics. And so um, then I just thought lady went well with July and thus yeah, lady July was born. Is. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a summer girl. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you grew up in uh, San Diego's mm-hmm. East County, didn't yes, you? Yes, yeah. Where? Uh, so it was... Deep El Cajon, and then also my mom lived in kind of like Rancho San Diego, uh, La Mesa area. Oh, okay. And you you grew up on a farm? Essentially. Um, I spent basically any and all free time I had from the age of like five until I was about 18 at one ranch or the other. Um, I met my very best friend at a, a ranch that I was at like during my teenage high school years. We would just spend all of our free time there. Um, yeah. So I was just, I was always riding horses. Did you work, work on the farm? Yeah, so the one in high school was actually a nonprofit ranch. So in order to kind of like fund the horses that we would ride or lease or like borrow, we had to do work with both like volunteer, um, working with foster kids, and then also just working the farm itself. Uh, We did a lot of uh, child labor there. So we, we, uh, you know, fed the horses. We built these, this big cross-country course around the trails around town um, or around the ranch. And yeah, so we did... We didn't have chickens or like pigs or cows or anything, but they they put us to work for sure. What was that like? Was it fun? Uh, I mean, I still do it to this day. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I currently go and ride um, out in at Willow Glen, which is out in El Cajon Rancho, San Diego. Um, so it's definitely something that is like a lifelong passion. I'm a horse girl, crazy horse girl through and through. Um, you know, so it's just it's it's. My safe space, it, it like grounds me. It brings me so much joy. And um, yeah, I'm just really thankful that my parents allowed me that opportunity. That's great. Uh, was music played a lot in your home growing up? Yes. My dad, if you meet him, he'll tell you probably within the first 15 minutes of talking to him <laughs> that he was in an all lawyer, all lawyer rock and roll band when he was in law school called Law in Motion. <laughs> he still tries to harmonize over my songs when he comes to my shows, which I love. I love. I encourage it. Um, so my dad was a singer and then my mom grew up singing uh, gospel in the church too. So music was definitely a big part of my home. What were you listening to? Um, everything. And I've always been that way and I'm still that way to this day, um, whether it's kind of top 40 stuff, uh, old school rock and roll, country. I, I listen to it all and I, I enjoy listening to it all. And your father, when he was in that band, so does he play an instrument? Uh, he can play a guitar, kind of. And he did take quotes. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know the last time he's picked one up. Um, and then he also gave piano a try when I was taking piano lessons as a kid. Um, and then he did one uh, recital where he just like blanked and forgot how to play a song. And then I think like did chopsticks and then walked off the stage. And I don't <laughs> think he played piano again. 
Um, do you remember how old you were when you thought, I can do this, I can write and play music? <clears throat> so I've always uh, written songs to process emotions. I remember doing it. My mom bought me an electric guitar from Walmart. Like it, I, I don't even think it was a Yamaha brand. It was like some weird plasticky electric guitar. Um, and then I had a keyboard in my room, and so I would just mess around and, and write songs as a way to kind of process what I was going through. But I would never let anyone listen to me. Like it was close the door, lock the door. I would tell me, don't talk to me. Don't come in here. I would get so mad if they would like interrupt. Um, but then I don't know what switched. I think it was, uh, I met my friend Geneva Pina, who we met at that nonprofit ranch. So that, that place was definitely like formidable for me in my, in my early years, but we met and started playing music together. And I finally grew enough balls to perform live. And she and I um, would do the Humphreys open mics on, I think, like Wednesday or Thursday nights back in the day. But we'd have to wait in the lobby because we were 15 or 16 and you had to be 21 to get, in. get into. Yeah, get in. So we would just wait and do our little open mic and then <laughs> go home. So, so that's yeah. that's pretty much when it all started. Yeah, for you, I think when, when I was 15. 15. Yeah. Wow. And did you do much performing then at, at that age? With you and your friend? Yeah, we actually did. Um, we played at Epicenter a lot up in Mira Mesa. Um, it was like a local music watering hole. Um, we actually played some side stage once, which is really cool. Uh, we opened up for Megan Dia, which was a really big deal for us because um, that band was really um, influential in the kind of music that we were doing. And then we even made it out to, I don't know how we got this show, but we played at Chain Reaction out in Anaheim when we were like 16 years old. Oh, I don't wow. know who we opened for or how <laughs> we got that show, but yeah, we played a, a decent amount. <laughs> um, do you remember the the uh, the first song you learned to play on the guitar? On the guitar? I don't know. I had a really awesome guitar teacher. Um, and he like, he taught me some Jeff Buckley. Like there's like random, like little licks that I know mm -hmm. that are all because of him. He taught me Jeff Buckley. He taught me a Jimi Hendrix. Um, I can't remember the name of the song. He taught me a Jimi Hendrix song. He just taught me some like really cool songs that I had like no business learning, but sometime somehow he made them so approachable. Uh, his name is Patrick. Um, but I don't remember the very first song I learned. I think I probably hammered out a G, a C, a D, which I still do to this day. So <laughs> do you play any other instruments? I went growing up, um, I first started on violin when I was three and then moved to piano for about 10 or 12 years and was trained classically. Um, so I still dilly dally on the piano. It helps me um, like how the keys are set up. I view it's easier for me to see the keys than it is on the guitar neck um, when it's mm -hmm. on the piano. So I still use that to figure out melodies. Um, I can't really note read anymore. I can do it on the treble clef, but bass clef is just nonsense to me at this point. But I, I can still kind of play the piano. Like for some reason for Elise, I can still play for Elise. It's just ingrained in my in my mind. And the violin? No. Oh no. <laughs> Not more. A, Not a chance. You're <laughs> <laughs> right, gonna play three of your original songs today. Tell us about the first one. The first one, oh yeah, I wrote this one. I call my sound Sad Girl Country, so all my songs are a little somber in nature. But this one is really just kind of a poem that I wrote about the American experience, specifically being a person of color in, um, in America and just how kind of the history of it all and how kind of polarizing and lonely it can get, I guess. Right, right. 
red just like his hands The price of promised lands Of blood made fertile soil Desecrated graves of royals Fight, fight back against the waves It grows harder every day Our backs are bruised and blistered No place in this house for sisters Music is a, a blend of modern, outlaw country, pop and soul, and as you mentioned, it's something that you call <laughs> sad girl country. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you mentioned that your songs are pretty much somber. Mm-hmm. Are, are all of them that way? <laughs> um, no. I try to at least, like, make them sound happier. I was going to play one song today 
Um, that is like a happier song. It's one of the ones I'm recording and it's more upbeat. But then I was also just kind of giggling to myself because it's about how I miss my boyfriend when he goes on tour. And so it's kind of like sad in that nature. Yeah. But so I try, but they still just come out. Because when I write songs, it's when I'm feeling something very uh-huh. intensely. And usually those intense emotions that make me want to write are, you know, the more negative or sad emotions than they are the, the happy ones. Do you like to write songs um, that have a message? Uh, I do, but I... I try not to force it. When I write my best songs is just when they kind of flow out of me naturally. Um, there's been a few songs where it's like I wanted to have a particular message and they've always taken a little bit longer to perfect. And sometimes I I worry that they sound a little bit too contrived or, or whatever. Um, so I, I try for them to have a message, but mainly it's just kind of a feeling that I'm trying to get across or to, trying to get out of myself. So... As, as I've heard from other songwriters mm-hmm. and what I'm getting from you too, that songwriting is, is kind of a, a form of therapy for 1, you. 1,000%, yeah. I read that your main goal is to get everyone all up in their feels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want people listening to your music? To I want them to cry. Emotions. Yeah, I want them to cry. I, like whenever I have a show and someone comes up, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I was tearing up or you made me cry. I'm like, cool, mission accomplished. <laughs> so you want your songs to be relatable. Yes. You want yes. people to feel yes. what you're feeling. Yes, and and when they come up to you and and say something like that, what does that do for you um, as a person and yeah. as a, a performer? Does it help validate what you're doing? Um, yeah, I guess it helps validate. But I think it's just it's not necessarily that I want them to feel what I'm feeling. But if they're already feeling that to know that they're not alone in that feeling. Um, so when people come up and say that my songs, you know elicited some kind of emotional response in them. It just means that I I uh, kind of portrayed the message I was trying to get across correctly and that, you know, I made something that might be a little lonely or, um, yeah, lonely or, or unknown, just feel a little more comforting to know that other people are going through it. Do ideas for songs come to you often? Yes. And easily? Yes. Yeah. Um, I have, I've started now because I have lost song ideas so quickly. So my my whole uh, notes app in my phone and then also like the voice memo thing, I'll just, you know, sing a little line or sing a little tune or, or speak out a verse or a phrase that comes to mind so that I don't forget it and I can go back and kind of workshop it. And then, like I said, like my best songs that I think are just like the coolest um, come pretty just kind of word vomit out of me and then it's done and I can, you know, make it, tune it up and make it pretty and make it nice. But yeah, comes... Do you, do you brain works. ever write songs, start a song, and then put it on the back burner, or come back to it later? Oh, yeah. A yeah. lot? Yeah. I need to actually clean up my Google Drive because it's just full of, like, <laughs> half songs. I was like, this is really cool, and then I just get stuck. And once I have a melody for some words that I have written, it's really hard for me to change that melody, even if I don't like it. So then a lot of times I'll just have to scrap the song entirely and move on to something else until I've given myself enough space from the lyrics and the melody to try and make something new from it. So would you say that's the most challenging part of songwriting for you? The most challenging part of songwriting for me, I always say like I'm not a guitar player, but I play guitar so that I have something to sing behind or in, in front of rather. Um, so I think that's the most challenging is is making creative, unique songs um, while understanding my limitations as a guitar player, but wanting to continue writing songs and making music as a songwriter. Who would you credit with influencing 
uh, your songwriting the most? Oh, songwriting? I Well, so but this whole arm of tattoos is like my favorite musicians and like my interpretation of their songs. So definitely hardcore Eagles fan. And the, the one on my forearm here is like from their album artwork. Oh, wow. Um, got Stones, Ray LaMontagne. I really, really enjoy his his songwriting ability. I think he's a beautiful storyteller, and that voice is just to die for, so can't go wrong there. Um, but, yeah, I think kind of any of the more, like, folk or Americana songwriters that can just make a, such a personal emotion or a personal journey feel so, like, universally known um, are the kind of songwriters that I like to emulate. Now you're listening to Music Maker San Diego. I'm talking with Lady July today. Uh, tell us about the next song you're going to play. The next song. Oh, okay. So this one's fun. Yeah. It's not super sad, I don't think. Uh, well, mm, <laughs> no, it is. I lied. Sorry. But uh, it was inspired by a song that Lindsay White wrote based on a lyric prompt from Rachel Hall, who I believe you had on the podcast last month or or so. Rachel's been on and Lindsay. Oh, awesome. Um, So we did the noted uh, song swap. And so this was just, I thought Rachel's lyric uh, and prompt was so cool. And I really loved Lindsay's song that she created from it. And so I was so inspired. I was like, I want to write a song that kind of has the same kind of theme. So that's where this one came from. All right. Cool. He said you'd smoke the devil's last cigarette Grab him by the hand, paint the city red Let him take you home and take you to bed All because he called you pretty I said, honey, it's not that I think you're wrong Attention. 
I forgot to put the cigarette out. Is there a certain uh, time of the day that you think you're more creative and productive? <clears throat> yes. I think especially when it comes to writing music as soon as the sun goes down. Um, and I'm always not mad at myself, but I just think it's funny. Like I'll start, you know, practicing or trying to write a song or whatever around eight or nine. And then all of a sudden it's midnight and I'm like, shit, I have to wake up in like, <laughs> you know, seven hours. I should probably go to bed and like wind down instead of winding myself up. Are you a um, disciplined writer? Do you set time to write? Or it's just, like you said, it just flows out? Yeah. Um, no, I've been, I'm not disciplined at all. Um, but there have been like dry spells where I just haven't felt called to write songs. And when that happens um, on like kind of, you know, the professional type A side of my brain, I have, I live and die by my Google calendar. So when I find that I'm going through a dry spell and haven't picked up the guitar, or written a song in a while, I will block out some time in my calendar to try and force myself to write, but I will also 100% just ignore that time block and not do it. But I'm getting there. It's like, it's the thought, you know, but luckily the past few months I've been very, very like creatively energized. Um, I, there's a lot of cool stuff happening with my music and forward momentum and it's just um, kept kind of the creative juices flowing for me. So I haven't had to really get hard on myself. Do you ever set any goals as to how many songs you want to write, say, <laughs> no, in a month or anything like that? No. I I really like the songs to come out in an organic way. Um, a friend of mine was trying to ask me, like, what, what I wanted my sound to sound like, like my music to sound like. And I couldn't really give him an answer. And I also realized that's just kind of how I go about creating my own music is whatever I'm feeling in my heart or my soul or whatever will just come out and it sounds how it sounds. And then, you know, we can perfect it and critique it from there. But um, I really just like it to come out organically. And I feel like trying to force, you know, to hit a number just to hit a number um, right. doesn't really help me creatively. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Have it organic. And then that's how you, you come up with your best work. Yeah, that's that. I, I've, I think so. And, and when I have gone through kind of dry spells, um, in terms of songwriting, I always joke with my boyfriend, I'm like, he makes me really happy. So I like have no no sadness to, to, you know, hone in on and write songs through. But when that is the case, when I'm going through a dry, a dry spell, um, I'll just work on all those old songs that never quite got complete. And typically from there, because I'm so desperate to stop working on that song that I already kind of scrapped and don't know what to do with, my mind will come up with a new song for me to work on so I can avoid that tedious task. So I found that helps me get out of a dry spell. Uh, tell us about the third song you're going to play. Oh boy. <laughs> this one is sad. Um, <laughs> This one I wrote um, just about how tough it is to be an adult today. Just all kind of the mile markers that I was taught would, you know, um, signify success or a coming of age or the next kind of stage of my life are just kind of passing by and we're all just floating around, just kind of trying to make do with the crazy, crazy world that we live in. So this song was born out of a mix of like that fear as well as frustration as well as just like a little bit of apathy about it a little bit of that kind of like fuck it kind of energy
my parents figure it out And how did my brother afford a house Work to the bone It seems understand uh you have a uh, ep that you're hoping to release soon your first jeez i'm sure hoping um <laughs> recording has been so much more difficult than i anticipated as just a singer songwriter um i think the thing i've struggled most with is really getting the right guitar tone so as i perfect that hopefully at some point in the near future yes i will be releasing an ep i'm it's a huge goal of mine to finally just get music out into the world onto some streaming platform or the internet or wherever you get it. Um, just I think that would be a huge milestone for me. And then you're hoping to, once you release it, to go tour. on tour? Yeah, I think that would be a, a lot of fun. I've you know, I've seen my boyfriend do it with his band, and I'm like, I could do that. I could yeah. do that. Um, I, again, you know, I just, I love seeing the emotional reactions I get to my songs when I play them live, especially to people who haven't heard me before. Um, and so to be able to do that, all all over the place would be just amazing and super rewarding. Where do you see you and your music career five years from now? 
Well, I sure fucking hope I have some songs uh, fully recorded and released. Um, gosh, I don't know. I think if I can still be playing music, writing songs, recording and releasing music, and then supporting that with tours through the United States, I think that would make me very, very happy. Um, on a broader scale, if I dared to dream, um, I think it would be really cool to open up for, you know, some of the more uh, like modern outlaw country artists. I'm a huge fan of like Sierra Farrell, Margot Price, um, folks like that. So I think if I could be so lucky as to tour with them, that would truly be like bucket list, bucket list stuff. How can people find out more about you and how can they find out where you're playing? Yeah. Um, so right now, everything, I try my darndest to keep my um, music Instagram updated, which is just at Lady July Music. Um, that's where I post where my next show is, um, Keep give updates on how the recording process is going, and also post snippets of new songs um, that I'm writing or that I finished writing. So Instagram is really the place to get all those updates. All right. Lady July, thanks so much for being on the show today. It was a pleasure meeting you and talking with you. I enjoyed your music oh, as well. You. And I look forward to catching a show of yours down the road sometime Amazing. Soon. Thank you so much. It's such a great opportunity. That does it for another episode of Music Makers San Diego, where we shine the light on San Diego area songwriters and their music. Until next time, I'm Gary Lee. Have a good one.